0: From St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas, a joyful Christian community. This is Soulful Sundays, a weekly podcast of our five o'clock service. I'm Patrick Miller, the rector of St. Mark's. Welcome. The Holy Gospel. Our Lord Jesus Christ, according to Matthew. Glory to thee, O Christ. Jesus said, For it is as if a man, going on a journey, summoned his slaves and entrusted his property to them. To one he gave five talents, to another two, to another one, to each according to his ability. Then he went away. And his master said to him, Well done, good and trustworthy slave. You have been trustworthy in a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Enter into the joy of your master. Then the one who had received the one talent also came forward, saying, Master, I knew that you were a harsh man, reaping where you did not sow, and gathering where you did not scatter seed. So I was afraid. And I went and hid your talent in the ground. Here you have what is yours. But his master replied, You wicked and lazy slave. You knew, did you, that I reap where I did not sow and gather where I did not scatter? Then you ought to have invested my money with the bankers, and on my return I would have received what was my own with interest. So take the talent from him and give it to the one with the ten talents. For to all those who have, more will be given And they will have an abundance, but from those who have nothing, even what they have will be taken away. As for this worthless slave, throw him into the outer darkness, where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Christ. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. Please be seated. My wife, Allison, and I um, will celebrate 18 years of marriage tomorrow, which is, uh, which is cool, I think. So we did what you naturally do. We went to somebody else's 50th birthday party over a long weekend. And whenever we travel together, the children are sort of kept in strange places by friends and family. Our Allison's parents live here in town, and so we're able to kind of negotiate that. But whenever we travel together, we're always fairly aware that, well, this could be the way we die. Uh, We'll die like this, our children will be orphaned, and uh, won't they have a great life? That's actually how we behave, and so that's weird. Um, But uh, anyway, so we were on the plane, and we were coming in, and we we were coming in late. We were coming in from the west, and so it was about 11.30 last night. And whenever I fly into Houston, I'm always intrigued. I always want to kind of figure out where I am. And so I'm always looking out where I am. And so there was a north wind last night. We were, I knew we might be coming in to make a landing from the south. And so I realized where I was when I could see Top Golf from I 45. And so I was like, well, that's Top Golf. Look at that. And we began to kind of come in. And as we were coming in, I was like, ah, oh, I-45. Where is everybody going? Look at all these people. Look at Houston. And then immediately, I don't know if you do this, but I turn existential and I think, well, where am I going? with my life, up and down these roads, this life of mine, as I kind of begin to kind of make my own descent into the end of my life here, halfway through it. And I began to have all of these long existential thoughts about what have I done with my life, really? Have I I really lived up to the potential that God gave me? Am I doing what God wants me to do? Am I okay with it? I was like, oh, look, we're landing. Okay, well, I think, I think in my career, I think I'll try these things, I think I'll do, oh, we're going to land, and look, we're about to not land. Not landing last night. Began to take off again. We, we came into Hobby, and I could see that we were about to land, and here's where the part where I go, oh, that was a nice off landing, and the jet took off again, and I thought, Here's how we die. Here's how we die. And here we go. I do not need to go see downtown Houston. Don't need to see a shot of that. Don't need to bank to the right. Go over to Top Golf. I kept waiting for, ladies and gentlemen, there has been a problem with engines one, two, three, four, and five. Uh, the wings are falling off. And we hope you had a good life, Patrick. And I began to immediately go to. When the police arrive, they're gonna wake up Henry. He's gonna be alone in our house. Catherine's with the grandparents, they're gonna be orphaned. Is our life insurance? Our life insurance is good. I went to this completely neurotic place as we banked back around. There's top golf. And then we nice and gently landed, and the plane taxied, and everyone applauded. And the flight attendant said: second time is the charm. And and so as I was, as we got off the plane and I was, I was like, oh man, it's a work night i have got to preach tomorrow and what are we going to do tomorrow for a sermon? Oh, it's the parable of the talents. Oh, that's an awful parable. I really don't like it. There's so many different directions you can go when interpreting this parable. So which direction should we go? And then I went and be doing the early morning research on the parable and what the parable means and where we were was in Las Vegas. And what a talent is, to remind you, is 15 years' worth of salary of a day laborer in antiquity. One talent equaled 15 years' worth of work, which means that the man who got five got 75 years' worth of salary to do with as he pleased. The other got 30. Then I got curious, and I Googled, Life expectancy in antiquity. The average lifespan for people in Jesus' time was 50. So the man was given 75 years worth of salary with a life that he would only live to be 50 years old. So the parable is about money. 50 years worth of sal- 75 years worth of salary, 30 years worth of salary, 15 years worth of salary. And it's not even their money. It's somebody else's money that they're given. And it's an old parable. It goes all the way back to what they call the Q source. So it goes, predates Matthew being written down, Mark being written down. It's, it's a saying of Jesus. And that each time that it was brought into one of the Gospels, into either Matthew or to Luke, it, it, it's given some flavor. Because Matthew is worried about the end times. The end of the, end of the age when Jesus comes back. So he spends it, and it's got that little bit of, what are you going to do when the master comes home? What are you going to do with the master's money? How's that going to be? And so we know the story, right? You heard, I just told it to you. And well, I, I, made, I made five more. I made actually 150 years worth of salary from 75 years worth of salary. not that crazy? Here. I made 60 years worth. The other one, buried his in the ground. Now, another bit about this is a talent weighs about as much as that piano. That times five. But that's what a talent's, that's the size. And so you have this poor guy who's afraid. The Greek word is phobia. He's afraid, and he buries it. He drags it, digs a hole. It took him a day just to bury a, to big a hole big enough to bury a talent that size. So anyway, hold that thought when I tell you, so I'm sitting at blackjack in Las Vegas, and I'm learning how to play blackjack again. Uh, and I'm learning stuff, and the dealer, at one point, I said, well, what do I do here? And, and the dealer goes, well, do what you always do, do it, but do it consistently. And I was like, okay. And then somebody next to me said, "Well, what do I do here?" And, and uh, the dealer went, "Scared money never wins." And I thought to myself, "That's an interesting phrase. Scared money never wins. I have to preach about the talents tomorrow. That's interesting. Scared money never wins. Now, is that, is that a shame statement to get us to all bet more? Because that's exactly what that is, right? It's a it, shame on you for being scared on, on 14. And I've got a nine. You don't know what I have. But scared money never wins. But the more I thought about it, it kind of fits with this parable. Scared money doesn't win. He buried it. He didn't try at all. Not even with the bankers. He didn't do anything. He just dumped it in the ground. Now here's a place where you can... You all have to kind of go on your own. Because the parable is so frustrating because it doesn't end up nice and neat. If you'll remember a few uh, weeks back, we told you a parable about a master who had a slave that owed him a great debt, and he forgave the debt. So we have a good master who forgives us our problems, but in this case, we don't. In this case, we have a master who's like, you didn't do anything with it. Get away from me. Go to the outer darkness, where there's weeping and gnashing of teeth. And every time I read that parable, just like every time I fly into Houston, I think, (laughs) I'm that slave. I bury my money and my talent. I bury it, I don't invest it, I'm not risky, I'm scared money. Every time, every time I read this parable, I think, well, I'm not the top investor, I'm not that one. I'm not not even the... What am I doing with my life? I'm just burying it. It was given to me by the master. What am I doing with it? Scared money never wins. It's the risk piece that I feel this parable calls us to. You all, all of us, have been given a life. It may exceed 50 years, it may not. All of that life that you've been given comes with risk. It comes with great risk. Emotional, even physical. we willingly put ourselves into little tubes that fly at 600 miles an hour and go up in the air. We willingly put ourselves in 3,000-pound vehicles and drive around with other people in 3,000-pound vehicles. We willingly walk outside. Sadly, you're not in a safe place. You willingly came in here. And we know this place is not safe. Life is full of risk. What do you decide to do with it? That's the maturity question that Christianity calls you to. Here's a parable that we know it's uncomfortable. You get to decide how it's interpreted. You're grown ups, you're mature, you're adults. You get to decide what you're going to do with the gifts that you've been given. You get to decide what you're going to do with the life that you've been given. Because I am the bearer of bad news. The plane will crash. You have a life expectancy. But it will end. You will be called into account of what you did with it. Did you bury it? Did you grow it? Did you decide? Those are the hard questions that we have been given. I can't answer the questions for you, I can answer the questions for me. And my answer is to decide I am not the slave that buries the talent. I've been given so much, and I want to risk so much, not to glorify me, but to glorify the God who made me and the wonderful people God has given me in this place of St. Mark's. Amen. This episode was produced by St. Mark's Episcopal Church in Houston, Texas. Special thanks to our band, led by Cameron Deason-Hammond, and featuring Jeremy Nuncio, Asher Pudlow, and Andrew Gordon. Join us every Sunday for Soulful Sundays at 5 p.m. at St. Mark's 3816 Bel Air Boulevard in Houston, Texas, or visit us online at stmarks-houston.org.